Good morning. It's good to see you all. And uh, I bring greetings from a school where my wife Jean and I serve. Jean is here with me this morning. And uh, the Central American Theological Seminary, CETECA. And uh, a special word of thanks for the partnership of Union Church because you contribute to a scholarship uh, for students at our school and uh, those who maybe don't have the funds on their own are blessed as the scholarship like the one you give uh, enables them to study. So thank you for that. Um, if uh, Dr. Paul Branch, our president, knew that I was going to be here or if I had mentioned it, I'm sure he would have said to say hello, so I'll say hello from him as well. Why? Why does this happen to me? Why do I end up in the hospital? Why is there a negative result from a test that I've, medical test that I've had? Uh, why do I find myself in this financial crisis? Uh, why? Are these people who should be my friends, it seems like they're undermining me, criticizing. Why? Why, Lord? Uh, it's a question we often ask when we find ourselves in that kind of situation. Why is this happening to me? What have I done? <laughs> if God is the God of love, how can he let this happen? Or is God punishing me for something that I've done? Uh, the question why is a very natural one. And it comes up in a story in John chapter 9 where Jesus is there and they, <clears throat> there's a man who has been blind from birth and uh, the disciples uh, asked Jesus, uh, why? Why is this, is this man suffering in this way? Is it because of something he did or his parents did? And Jesus answers with a very interesting response. He said the issue isn't what caused his sickness. The question is, what purpose does God want to accomplish through his sickness? And Jesus says uh, directly, this happens so that the power of God could be seen in him. So uh, if I were speaking in Spanish, I would say, una cosa es porque la causa, otra cosa es para que el propósito. And that's what Jesus is saying, don't worry about the, what the reason that caused it. Ask, what does God want to accomplish through this? What does God want to do in my life? What does God want to do in the lives of others? What does God want to do to bring glory to himself through this trial? Uh, we're all gonna go through hard times. Maybe today everything's rosy and, and bright. Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe you're experiencing right now a difficult situation. If not today, maybe in the future. 
It's part of life. But it's not just part of life, it's part of God's design to allow trials so that he can accomplish his good purposes. We're gonna look at the uh, Apostle Paul this morning, something he wrote in 2 Corinthians. And uh, in, in 2 Corinthians, uh, he gives a, several lists of hard times that he went through. But I'm gonna read a few that come out of uh, chapter 11. He says, uh, I've had far greater labors than the other people, far more imprisonments, countless beatings, often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, and night and day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship. Through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and on top of all that, the anxiety for the churches. So if anybody suffered, the Apostle Paul did. And yet, how did he respond? He responded with praise and thanksgiving. He says in uh, 2 Corinthians, the first uh, chapter we're, we're gonna be looking at in cha chapter one, verses three to, to 11, he starts out by saying, Blessed be God, or praise be God. How can you praise God in the middle of a trial? Well, you can, like Paul did, when you understand what God wants to accomplish through this trial. So in 2 Corinthians 1, uh, verses 3 to 11, we have three reasons why God allows suffering in our life. The first one is training. He wants to allow hard times so that we can be equipped to encourage other people as we experience his comfort. So he trains us to be encouragers. This is a school for counselors huh, that God allows in your life, in my life. Part of that is our hard times. The second purpose is trust. God wants to bring us to the point where we trust fully in him and nothing in ourselves. And that happens often through an experience of suffering. The third purpose is thanksgiving. God allows suffering so that as God's people pray and see him answer, they can respond in thanksgiving and praise and God's name is honored. So let's look at the first purpose, training. Through the trials that God allows us to experience, he is training us to encourage others who suffer. We'll read verses three through seven. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. Here's the purpose statement. So that 
we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we're afflicted, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we're comforted, it's for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. These uh, few verses point out three important truths. The first is that all of us will experience difficult situations in our life. The second one is that as we go through those hard times, we can experience God's comfort. And then the third truth is the main point of the passage is that through the experience of being comforted by God, we are equipped to comfort others who suffer. So let's look at those three, uh, three little truths uh, one at a time. First of all, all of us are going to experience hard times at some point. Uh, these verses include seven, seven references to suffering. They're words like affliction, suffering, in the English Standard Version, which I'm reading, but other translations will go back to the King James. It talks about tribulation. Uh, some versions say trouble, trials, hard times. And these, these words uh, kind of have a, well, there's one of them especially, uh, the one that's translated affliction, it really means pressure. The illustration is you're walking down between, between two high rocks and the path gets narrower and narrower, you feel hemmed in. Uh, we would call it in our modern day stress. And God allows those very difficult times. They're hard. Uh, deep pain sometimes. But there's a purpose. As we go through those hard times, we experience God's comfort. The, the word comfort or the verb to comfort appears nine times in these short verses. It's a word that can be translated encourage, console, help, sympathize, uh, literally means to come alongside, to guide, to support. And God does that in our lives. Uh, one of my roommates in college, that was a number of years ago, was a guy named Ian Barnes. He was from Ian Barnes. He was from Australia. And uh, we were both single at the time. And he got married. His wife's name was Evelyn. And one of my trips, I visited them. And Ian was busy doing something. I started talking to Evelyn. And she told me this story. She said, you know, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Ian was away on a trip. I was alone at the house. I really felt down. I felt alone. I felt afraid. And I just started talking to the Lord about it. I sat down on the side of the bed and just, just talked to God about it and told him how I felt and said, you know, the most interesting thing happened. I kind of felt like God's presence came alongside of me, like he put his arm around me and said, Evelyn, don't worry. I'm here for you. I'll take care of you. 
God brought words of comfort to her. And that's what he does in our lives. He comforts us in different ways. Sometimes we just with the sense of his presence as we call out to him. Sometimes it's promises from his word that bring encouragement and hope to us. Sometimes it's other Christians that come alongside and, and support us. Uh, the, the translation, the message, uh, gives us this version, which I thought was kind of interesting. God comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who's going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just like God was there for us. To be there for, that's kind of the idea of the word, to comfort. And that's what God does in our lives. And of course, there's a purpose in this. He allows us to suffer so that he can give us his comfort, his encouragement. And as he does, we're equipped to share that comfort with others. And it's interesting that the passage says, the more we suffer, the more God will give us his comfort and the more we can help others. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that you had the experience of God encouraging you in difficult times and uh, maybe God using that experience with others. Uh, I'm going to share one from my experience this morning. Uh, as was mentioned, I came here, came here in 1967. I was single. And uh, Gene came a few months later and we got to know each other. But before that happened, uh, there was a gal down here from the summer from, from a college in the States and uh, we hit it off pretty well. Uh, and I really got interested in her. She went back to college and we started writing. And uh, every day there was a letter. Back, oh, back when you wrote letters, you know, back before the internet. And then uh, one day there wasn't a letter. Well, maybe the mail was just was slow. And the next day, no letter. The next day, a week went by, and I figured I knew it was going to happen. It did. I got a letter. I'm so sorry. I have an ex-boyfriend here at the university where I'm studying, and, and he persuaded me to go back with him, so it's all off. So here I am, poor little me, you know. I didn't sleep that night. But as I talked to God about it, he brought his promises, I felt his presence, and friends around also that knew about the situation, they encouraged me. God comforted me. Of course, he had something much better in his plan, that was Gene, you know. And uh, the Lord has given us a wonderful life together, but the point is this, that sometimes, because, you know, we're a school where people meet and you get to know each other and you have boyfriends and girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, I've had students at the seminary come to me with the same story that I went through and say, you know, I was interested in this gal and this guy, and, you know, and they called it off and what do I do now? You know, I can tell them, you know, I've been there. <laughs> and I can tell you, God is faithful. God took care of me, he's going to take care of you. It may not be exactly the same story, but when somebody comes with a, to share a burden that they have, we can say, I've been in difficult situations and I've experienced God's comfort. I want to share it with you. I want to come, come alongside you just like God came alongside me. So that's one of the reasons God allows us to go through hard times. 
The second purpose is trust. And we're going to read uh, verses 8 through 10. Through our trials, we learn to depend fully and completely in God. Paul says, we don't want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. That's that same word, affliction, pressure. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But that was in order to, here we have the purpose statement, make us rely not on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So God allows trials so we can learn to trust. Two truths to share from uh, these verses, these three verses. First, we may be called to experience extreme trials even to where we despair of life. Maybe, I've, I've, I've never been quite there, I don't think, of that extreme a trial like Paul was, but we can go some, through some pretty hard times. But through those trials, God wants us to come to the point where we trust fully in Him and not in ourselves. All of us have that little bit of self-confidence, you know. I can do it. Let me take care of this. And we tend to rely on ourselves. And God wants us to rely fully on Him, and He puts us in situations where we can't. And we have to trust Him. That's part of the reason for the trials. We may be called to experience extreme trials even where we despair of life, and Paul experienced that kind of trial. He said, we were utterly burdened beyond our strength so that we despaired of life itself. We thought we weren't going to come out alive. And we're not sure what happened. Paul says it happened in the province of Asia. The Corinthians knew what it was, apparently. He doesn't say what it was, so we have to imagine what it might have been. And there are a lot of possibilities. Some think maybe it was a mob that was going to want to lynch him. Uh, some think it might have been a, a extreme sickness. He thought he was going to die. We don't know. He says, <laughs> we thought we'd received the sentence of death, you know. But this happened for a purpose. The purpose is so that we would not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises us from the dead. He delivered us. He's going to deliver us again. He's faithful. You come to that point where you say, Lord, I can't. I can't. I thought I could, but I know I can't. And I can only trust in you. That's the only solution I have. And when we come to that point of full dependence on God, that's what he wants to accomplish in our life because he wants us to walk in dependence on him and not on ourselves. And he teaches us that through trials. My uh, grandfather was a uh, missionary in Guatemala. My grandparents came in 1913, uh, served in Western Guatemala, all their lives. In fact, both of them were buried in the cemetery there in, in Quetzaltenango. And my grandfather was a typical, you know, came from the States, typical American, you know, I can do this, you know. And he, he did a lot of things. He was very active and uh, I, I won't take the time to tell you all the things that he did, but uh, he, he was a pretty self-confident kind of a guy. 
And uh, one day he thought, well, I'm going to make a, uh, a trip. Well, let's make a mission trip to southern Mexico, to Chiapas. So he had a call, had a friend whose name was Leonard Livingston Lecters, LLL. Uh, they called him LL Lecters. He was a missionary in southern Mexico. And uh, my grandfather said, well, my name is Paul. His name was Paul. And he said, uh, we're going on a mission trip, so I want to call you Barnabas. And they had this mule, and they called the mule John Mark, because uh, the mule wanted to turn around and go back a cada rato, you know. So <laughs> they went on this mission trip to visit different uh, villages. Uh, some had small Christian congregations, some had none. And so they shared the gospel, encouraged the believers. Uh, I could tell you some of the experiences from that trip, but that's for another time. They finished their trip, um, at least in, in one church, the people tried to stone them, but through rocks of the church, God sent a, a thunderstorm, and people all scattered, but you know, it, 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 there was a little bit of danger there. But at the end of the trip, he got deathly ill. I mean, temperature of 106 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And, they ended up at a, at a finca there where the owner was a guy from German origin. And uh, so he kind of tried to take care of my grandfather. And my, my grandfather sent a telegram back in the days of telegrams. Some of us remember those. To my grandmother in Quetzaltenango. And he said, I don't think I'm going to come back alive. Well, God had mercy on him and on my grandmother. and. He didn't get back alive. Uh, when he arrived in Quetzaltenango, the story is that my grandmother's hair had started to turn gray out of worry. Uh, it, was, it was a tough situation. But people who knew my, my, my grandfather said, after that trip, there was a change. He wasn't so self-confident anymore. He wasn't so uppity, you know. There was a change they could see he had learned to depend more on the Lord. God had taught him the lesson of trust through that very difficult experience. And that can happen in, a lot, in our lives as well. And thank the Lord that he, he's our teacher. Uh, I think of a song like a uh, song from Andre Crouch that said, uh, through it all, that was a few years ago. Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Some other verses in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, underscore this truth. Paul says in 4.7, we have this treasure in jars of clay so that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We're fragile, limited. God is all-powerful. In 12.9, he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And he says, When I'm weak, then I'm strong. So God wants us to bring us to that point where we say, Lord, I, I just can't. I can't do it anymore. But you can, and I trust. I trust in you. And I think our closing song has to do with trust, so we're going to be singing about that.
There's a third purpose, thanksgiving. As God answers the prayers of his people for those who go through trials, there will be a response of thanksgiving and praise. Those hard times are designed by God to lead us to prayer, and not just us individually, but to lead God's people as a community, as a family, to pray. And Paul tells him in verse 11, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Two simple truths out of this verse. God allows trials so that his people can join in prayer for those who are going through those trials. And when God answers those prayers, there'll be a response of thanksgiving and praise. God allows trials so that his people will join in praying for those who are going through them. Paul's, uh, prayer is a way of helping those who are going through hard times. So Paul says, uh, you must help us by prayer. And you're doing that here at Union Church. I saw the prayer request on the bulletin there. I mean, on the bulletin board and also on the bulletin the sheet. A lot of people you're praying for. God allows those difficulties so that his people can join in prayer. He wants many people to pray. He says the prayers of many. The more people that pray, well, the more thanksgiving there's going to be. And when God answers those prayers, there'll be a response of thanksgiving and praise. Paul talks about the blessing that God is going to give in answer to prayer. He's going to grant them. Many people pray, many people will give thanks. A few years ago, uh, we had a student at our seminary by the name of Dulce. Her father was a pastor. Somehow, a group of uh, delinquents thought that he must have had some money because they kidnapped her, held her for ransom. Naturally, her dad didn't have the money they were asking for. And uh, we were all kind of worried. So what would we do? Well, after a couple of days, uh, we said, let's Let's get a, have a prayer meeting. So at the seminary, we canceled classes for the last part of the morning. We had an extended prayer time, praying earnestly that God would intervene and deliver Dulce. On that very afternoon, uh, her captors kind of they kind of uh, let up a little bit their their vigilance. You know they. They decided to go somewhere and they left one, just one guy there taking care of her. In the meantime, the authorities had figured out where she was and a group of soldiers went and without any resistance from the guy that was there, they were able to take her out of there, to, you know, set her free. And uh, so what, what was our response? We had to get together again to have another prayer meeting to thank the Lord, you know. Uh, when I was speaking uh, on this to a group of students one time, one of them said, but, but you know, 
And yeah, sometimes God really answers miraculously. But uh, what if he doesn't? Uh, you would like somebody who's sick to get well right away, but maybe they linger. Or maybe God takes them home. God's purpose is still the same. He wants his people to pray. And God is going to accomplish his good purpose in his way. And we will thank God for what he has done, whatever it is, because we know that he wants what is best for us and for him. Uh, going back to the story of, uh, of Dulce, uh, she and her husband are now missionaries in Spain, and I get her prayer letters. Every time I get a letter from Dulce, my mind goes back to that day years ago when God answered prayer. And you know what? I'm still thanking God that he delivered her and that she's serving him today. So why has God allowed trials? Well, we talked this morning about three, three reasons. Training, he wants to equip us to be people who've experienced his comfort and share that comfort with others. The second purpose is trust, so that we will stop trusting in ourselves in case we are, you know. Learn to not depend on ourselves, but learn to depend on him alone. And thanksgiving, so that as God answers prayer, his name will be glorified. So when we see God's purpose, recognize it in the trials that he allows in our lives. Uh, there are three groups that benefit. We benefit because we learn. And we experience God's presence. We experience his joy, peace, and confidence. Uh, the trials bless us. They also bless others because we're able to share that blessing with others. And God is blessed as his people thank him for what he has done. So when we understand that God has good purposes in the trials he allows, then we can answer by praising rather than complaining by trusting rather than by questioning, by rejoicing rather than lamenting. When we understand God's purpose in allowing trials in our lives, we can answer like the Apostle Paul did, the way he starts out this passage. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ for all he has done. So let's praise him this morning bow our heads, uh, you may be going through a hard time and you may want to just tell the Lord, <clears throat> Lord, thank you for allowing this hard time and I pray that you accomplish your good purposes in it. And if it's not today, maybe another day, God will allow you to go through those hard times. But we can remember that he always has a good purpose and we can praise him. So let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you because in the middle of our trials, you're there with us. Thank you that you have a purpose in allowing those hard times. Help us to be understanding of your purpose and to welcome what you want to do in our lives and the lives of others and for your own glory as well through the times of difficulties that you allow us to go through. Pray for your comfort, your encouragement this morning for those that are going through trials. 
and uh, pray, Lord, for all those on, in this community uh, who've been through hard times, some of them over a period of time, others uh, just recent, but Lord, you know each one. And we pray that you will honor your name, encourage your people, help us all to grow in you as we experience your presence in our lives in the middle of those trials. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.